becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger straight around the corner. It's a dream that you get to make real. See what there is to get into. Let's do the shores thing. <laughs> do the shores thing. Do the shores. Hey, to the shores. Cheers. Love you guys. Oh, that's not like I was ending the podcast. <laughs> we always say that at the end. <laughs> we could say that at the beginning. Right. I don't love y'all just yet. We'll, we'll wait till the end. Then I love you. I love you right now. <laughs> I'll just speak for myself. Yeah. Good yeah. cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with an observation, or maybe not even an observation. Just read a. So the, the activist Instagram meme has become like a whole genre. I think it really started around 2020, summer of 2020. Um, and it's become a very disturbing genre to me. Um, I actually, I, I have an article queued up to read about Ooh. this very subject. Oh, wow. I haven't read it yet. Uh, um, yeah, I think yeah. the title is like confessions from an, ex-activist meme maker or something like that. (laughs) Um, That's great. But there was, I tend to, when I see these things, if they kind of bug me, I'll screenshot them and and come back to them later, hopefully, ideally. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But Mm -hmm. we were trying to talk about what we wanted to get into tonight, and this one came up. Um, I don't don't know if you have it pulled up or can pull it up, but basically it said... Do you want me to read it? Yeah, just the first page. <clears throat> All right. Loving one person for an entire lifetime might not be realistic anymore. Hmm. Yeah, and it was somebody that I follow posted that that post to their story and commented like, yes, to this, to this message. Mm-hmm. And I felt really disturbed by it. And so let's talk about it. <laughs> Well, I think this, uh, you know, to we'll we'll put this uh, post in our show notes. Um, but it's it's interesting the way that we consider or even talking about relationships in sort of our modern world. Uh, it's not it's not a way that we a way that we've related to each other over thousands and thousands of years. You know, there's a sort of uh, and also there's, uh, we can get into the, uh, the negative aspects of this too, because I think there's some parts in this that we've kind of grown from or out of. Am I not sounding funny? Sound a little quiet. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of notice that. I'm kind of soft-spoken. <laughs> <laughs> not usually. <laughs> um, so yeah, repeat that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's just you know, the way that we view relationships and how we function as a community or as a tribe uh, has changed a lot over the millennia um, as far as, like, you know, early in our human history. It's like we really needed each other to survive. And, you know, familiarity was something that was good and that was helpful because so much in the world was unfamiliar and you're, you're always in the unknown. And as we started developing societies and communities, it's like we started sort of fabricating the known and quantifying it, you know. So so I think as we've kind of come into this sort of modern world where we have so much around us that is sort of safe and, and quantified and uh, at least has a perception of... of order that's around us that we don't have to worry about. Like we always think about like, I don't have to worry about San Marcos invading us. There's some Mm -hmm. countries I do, you know, like Russia and Ukraine right now, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's about how far, you know, San Marcos is from Russia. Maybe (laughs) I mean, from uh, Ukraine, from Russia. Well, that's weird to think about. Is that true? Uh, Austin to San Marcos is about Russia. Well, I guess Russia and Ukraine share a border. So it's a short border. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, the, a river that separates us. I mean, it's really not too, I would say like, I, I don't know the exact uh, right. <laughs> distance, but it's pretty close. You know, it's like, you know, <clears throat> probably anywhere in Texas is, is Ukraine's smaller than Texas. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Most things are smaller than Texas. Yeah, exactly. Everything's big in Texas. 
well so are you making the case that in a world of security and safety the need for a relationship to last is less functional I think it's the function's still there but the, the, the foundations of it are still there but our ability to choose like again I think that's the part of freedom is like you're, you have the ability to choose um, at a greater degree than out of necessity you know if I'm relying on somebody for uh, my health and well-being and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of options then you know but you need other people to kind of like hey I need you to stay up tonight and watch as I take some, as I get three or four hours of sleep and then I'm going to get up and I'm going to watch over because if not, we're both going to get eaten, you know, <laughs> right. You have a lot more dependency on other where, you know, as we have four walls and alarm systems and, you know, DoorDash and <laughs> mm-hmm. our reliance on other people is less. And so we don't, we don't value that relationship. Um, and I think there's, there's possibly even, you know, I, th- I think there's something like the same idea of what we talked about in the, in the last podcast or two, it's the Chesterton fence is like, there's a reason why we've thrived as a, as a community, especially in the West is that there's a sort of trust that's built in over time, um, that you've built these institutions that kids function better when there's two parents in the home. Mm-hmm. You know, and specifically male and female parents, you know, there's a certain and specifically biological parents, specifically biological parents. Like, yeah. like those are, those are kind of facts that are kind of irresputable. Irresputable. <clears throat> Is that a word? No, not disputable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as like the healthy, like for a child to grow up healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, so it's it's almost easier to kind of kick against systems that are there to protect us and yet they still function. But once those systems start to break down, then we don't really understand sort of the uh, repercussions of why those systems are in place and right. what they function <clears throat> for. But once they start, once you start to tear them down, then you start to see the ramifications of that, you know? Mm. Well, maybe that's why the post bugged me. Maybe it does have something to do with Chesterton's fence. Um, you look at the institution of marriage that is, well, has traditionally been held up as something that everybody should want or should strive for. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you say something like loving one person for a lifetime might not be realistic anymore. That's a very, um, like, look at all the things that that's preventing us from doing. And you should have choice. You should explore the world. You should, you know, look at all the things you could have if you disregarded this institution. Mm -hmm. And that's very much the idea of coming across the the field and the fence, the the fence in the field and saying, well, this is in our way. Let's knock it down. Mm Mm-hmm. And Chesterton's remark is, well, you shouldn't tear down anything that you can't tell me why it was put there in the first place. And I feel like this sentiment disregards any desire to understand why that might be there in the first place. Hmm. Like why we would ever have the idea of loving someone for a lifetime and why we would, why would praise that as a good thing Mm -hmm. so much so that we impose it unquestioningly on ourselves as a society and to just disregard that because it's easier in, in a, or it helps explain or forgive, which isn't surprising, you know, divorce rates are really high. It's pretty uncommon for people to spend, you know, a lifetime loving each other. Mm -hmm. And so, it's easier to say, well, that's not realistic anymore Yeah. than it is to say, well, why would you want that in the first place? Mm-hmm. And you know, the fact that maybe it's not happening as much, I don't think means it's not realistic. I think it means maybe we don't understand it or maybe it means that we have, we've had a shift in our time horizons 
Mm-hmm. And we say, it's more important for me to be sort of happy, self-oriented, growth-oriented um, than it is for whatever purpose the idea of marriage was there to serve. Mm-hmm. And at least when you, you know, one of the arguments for a marriage, let's say, that lasts a lifetime is it is demonstrably better for children. Mm-hmm. So if you say, well, loving someone for a lifetime might not be realistic for me, are you trading your children's prosperity for your prosperity? Hmm. Which is a fairly common theme in society right now. Yeah. And I find that very disturbing. Well, let's kind of go on the other side of that just for a little bit. Like there is something to be said, like when a relationship ends, you do learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like there's a sort of like, I mean, or should anyways, it's like, there's a, there's a lot of reflection, you know, as far as like, maybe what went wrong or maybe there was abuse or verbal or psychological or physical, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you definitely can see the healthiness of maybe what was happening in that relationship. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of revelation that does happen in any extreme situation, you know, whether it be war or, you know, a breakup or whatever it might be is like, there's a lot of, lessons to be learned through destruction, you know, but, you know, I think of something, the idea of like, it takes like, you know, you know, years to build something, a business, you know, sometimes a lifetime, Yeah, you know, but it takes like 24 hours to tear it down. Right. Maybe even 15 minutes. And so, and then you go on and build another one and another one and another one. But it's like, you don't, you still don't have that structure that took decades to, to build. And I think that's something that is behind the idea of loving somebody for the rest of your life is you're committing to building a structure that is beyond yourself and beyond the two of you. Um, but again, I think there's some parts of this with that, just how we see having children today. You know, it's somewhat of a nuisance. Yeah, right. <clears throat> but I like your, I like analogizing it to building a business. Mm. Because if you were to say, um, building a business that lasts a lifetime may not be realistic, mm-hmm. you'd probably say, well, yeah. Yeah. But if you're going to build a business worth building, you have to go into it saying, I'm going to build a business that's worth building. And it's so worth building Mm. that I'm imagining that it's going to be a legacy that I pass down to my children. Like that's the kind of business you want to build. Mm -hmm. You want to build something that sustains, you know, if you, if you say, I'm going to start a business and, um, I'm going to start a business because I need some cash. Mm-hmm. It's like you, as an entrepreneur, you know, oh, sorry, <laughs> I don't think that's going to go very well for you. Yeah. You know, so it's sort of the same thing as if I say, well, I'm going to get into a relationship and I want to fall in love with someone. And it doesn't really matter to me if it lasts. It's not really realistic for it to last. Yeah. Right. We're going to enjoy love together and sex and pleasure and all the things we like to do and mm-hmm. camaraderie and, and friendship. And, you know, it's, you know, probably will end. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if, uh, if a potential partner came to me and said that to me, Hey, do you want to fall in love with me? Like, it's not, it probably won't last. It's not realistic for it to last, but we could have some fun. I'd be like, you know, I might, mm-hmm. but in my m- mind, I'd be thinking, okay, it's not very compelling. Well, it's also your time horizon when you're younger you know, I think it's harder to see into the future as far as like, you know, what you, what you need and what is valuable. So in in some respects you do have culture and norms that kind of help guide those, those things. Cause your time horizon is, is a lot smaller. And, you know, 
I, you know, it's like, I hear this a lot. It's like, you know, people were getting into their thirties and forties wanting to have a family. It's a lot harder to do that mm-hmm. as you get older. Mm-hmm. And, but culturally speaking or, or, you know, historically speaking, it's like you had your kids when you were younger, whenever you were able to have the energy and your body was, is sort of in its prime to do that, you know, <laughs> and it really does take being in your prime to do it. <laughs> it does, you know, and it takes, it takes a lot of work and sacrifice. And I think that's something that we also don't, we don't, we don't have as much of an appreciation for is that idea of sacrifice. You know, we want, we want all the good things now. Uh, again, like I were talking about the last podcast, the, the hen that's baking the cake, you know, she asked everyone to, you know, help me, help me get the, the wheat and all these things. Nobody wants to help, mm-hmm. but everybody wants to eat the cake after it's been baked for a long time. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> sometimes I, I kind of think that's where we are as a society is like, there's all these things that have taken so long to kind of come together that we want to eat from, but we don't want to do the work to kind of get to the finished product, you know, but we also want to live off of what our forefathers and our foremothers have kind of given us, you know, uh, we just want to eat the cake. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you start to look at it, it's like no functioning society works in a way that is cool. I'm in only when it's good, mm-hmm. but when it's not, I'm out just like a relationship, just like a relationship, like no society can function that way. <clears throat> like then you're basically talking about a bunch <clears throat> of criminals Hmm. who have a goal, but you never know if they are, you know, have an ulterior motive to, uh, steal all the gold from you after Hmm. the, after the heist has been (laughs) accomplished, you know, it's like, there's something about that. There's, you know, there's a moral between thieves, but it only goes so far. It's like, but that's not the ideal that we're all wanting or, or, or striving for. It's like, we are striving for the ideal of forever, you know? or, you know, someone that you could trust no matter what. And we do disappoint each other. And that's something that's also a reality, you know? Hmm. Yeah. That striving for an ideal. I think about that, like, if you want something to be good, whether it's a relationship or a business or a structure or playing the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to approach it in a way. Well, it's like you have to approach it with faith. Mm. You have to say, I want this to be good. Like so good, you know, in the terms of this post, so good that it will last a lifetime. Hmm. Like you would say that of a house, right? I want to build a house. Well, how good do you want your house to be? (laughs) I'd like it to last five years. You know, that's not a good house. Mm -hmm. Do you want it to last 50 years? It's not really a great house. It's going to, you know, be worth nothing in 50 years. Mm -hmm. How long do you want it to last a lifetime? It's like an arbitrary, it's like forever as close to forever as can be practical. You know, I want it to last a lifetime, ideally into my children's lifetime. And so, well, how do you build a relationship that lasts a lifetime? Hmm. You approach it like it's worth lasting a lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about attention and the way that attention changes the world. Hmm. If I attend to my home, as if I expect it to last a lifetime, it will last a lifetime Mm -hmm. because it will be constantly renewed by the attention that I give it. You know, I I think uh, there was a book I'm blanking on the title of it now. I think it was sort of like a a post-apocalyptic fiction. They talk about, I don't know if it's zombies or whatever, but like, (laughs) I think it was sort of a thought experiment of, you know, if all the people disappeared from New York, how long would it be before Mm -hmm. there was no, like no um, evidence that New York was there. Mm -hmm. And the guy kind of goes through the, the prediction and it's not very long. It's like without people to maintain that city, 
it falls back into the earth. You know, it's mm-hmm. composted essentially. So it is the attention of people who behave as if it is a city worth maintaining. And for how long? Well, for forever, as far as, you know, if you want it to last, you have to behave as if it's worth lasting forever. Hmm. Um, so I think the same is true of a relationship. And if we make this societal shift to say, love doesn't last a lifetime and there's, you know, you shouldn't expect it to. And actually there's really good things about, um, you know, about a relationship ending, which is a true statement, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm divorced. And if you ask me, you know, are things better now? It becomes a very difficult question to answer mm. in some sense. Yeah. I grew a lot through that experience. I found parts of myself that I had lost. Mm-hmm. I discovered parts of myself that I didn't know. There was a lot of good. However, Would it, had, would it have been better if the divorce didn't happen? And I think, well, no. We got divorced because the way things were almost killed me. Hmm. And it was better to stay alive for my children than it was to uphold the institution of marriage. Hmm. But if the things that happened that took us to that place hadn't happened, I think it'd be better. Mm. You know, if love hadn't been broken, it would have been better for my kids. And I think in a lot of ways, probably better for both of us, you know, but things did happen. Yeah. Um, you know, but all that to say, I think when you approach, if you, if you want something to be good, you have to approach it as if it could be good as if it could be the best good that it could be. Mm. And you don't know if it will. So you behave in a, from a position of faith that it could be, and it will, if you have anything to do with it. Well, it's, it's really just comes down to like, not, it just comes down to, uh, one thing that kind of comes to my mind when you're saying this is, is the honesty of approaching the relationship, you know, Hey, I'm in this until it's not good for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard. I don't think you can really have a relationship in that way. Like that's not, that's not a way that you start like, Hey, I'm in this until it's not good for me. It's like very few people will walk that road with you. Right. It's because it's sort of like, there's a sort of distrust at the very beginning of like, Oh no, is it not good for you now? And so, you know, even though it might end in a break or something like that or a divorce, it's like, you're still in it. Like, Hey, I'm devoting myself to you and you're devoting yourself to me and we're going to do life together and we're going to give it our damnedest and it might kill me. Yeah. The proposition is it would be best best. Yeah. If it turned out the way that we, Well, the way that we would say it would turn out if we were being as optimistic as possible. You know, I mean, maybe we could talk for a second about the, the, um, what is the word? It's like the disconnect. The the two things have become disjointed. What two things? Decoupled. decoupled. That's it. Mm-hmm. They've become decoupled. Well, like USD. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Um, esoteric remark about the Terra Network getting <laughs> attacked and UST be, being depegged. <laughs> depegged. That's yeah. Right, yeah. Look, look it up if you're interested. <laughs> um, well, I think that there's a lot of popular support for um, well for a lot of things. Such as, you know, I think there's support for a post like this, you know, loving someone for a lifetime might not, um, be realistic anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's, there's some popular support for that. I also think there's a lot of popular support for, um, things like polyamory, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you, if you imagine yourself at a social gathering, you know, and, um, 
you know, and check me on this. You're walking around talking to people and you encounter one couple and they say, and like, hey, when did you, when did y'all are together? When did you start dating? It's like, oh yeah, you know, we just, we just entered this relationship. We're both seeing other people. We're really excited about it. And you would think whatever you would think, um, you know, then you, you meet another couple, they're dating and, and they say, yeah, we, we've been dating for about a month. You know, we don't expect it to last very long, but it's been really good. And you're like, you know, okay, you think what you think. And then you meet another couple and they're like, you know, we've been dating for three months. He just proposed to me yesterday. Hmm. I think that almost everyone in the first two scenarios would have a reaction of, okay, let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas the third one you would have, I think everyone would feel some amount of like, congratulations, let's open champagne. Let's celebrate this. Mm-hmm. And you could say, well, maybe that's exactly what the post is bucking against mm-hmm. as we have these installed perspectives that are based upon antiquated ideas. And you just behave that way because that's the way it's socially acceptable to behave, yeah. you know, and fair enough, maybe. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be something genuine in that, that response that isn't just like a priori, um, well, culture. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you more excited about something that will last or that's not going to last? It seems like somehow self-evident that something that lasts is better than something that doesn't last. And someone who sets out on a project, whether a relationship or a business or to build something Mm -hmm. and says, I'm going to build something that lasts. You think, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's going to (laughs) work, but I want to see the journey, Uh you know, but somebody who says, I'm going to do something and it's probably not going to last, or I'm going to do something, but I'm also going to do all these other things. You're kind of like, well, okay. Like I'm, I might be curious but I'm not necessarily rooting for it because mm-hmm. you've already told me that it's probably going to fail. Yeah. Um, or take take this idea. I mean, cause like, again, I think a lot of times we speak with our money a lot more than maybe we understand, you know, what are you going to invest in? You know, uh, are you going to invest in yeah, something that it. has like potential to give you returns for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. Like that would be ideal. Like, man, you know, yes, it could fail, you know, in business and in any sort of investment, there's a high possibility that it could fail, but you're going to put your money into things that have some sort of longevity to it, some sort of hardness that can project into the future and be consistent. But, you know, if you're, if someone's like, Hey, I'm going to build this really shitty product and sell it in five years and I'll make a lot of money. Mm. And it's like, it's like, Oh cool. I'm gonna make a lot of money and have a lot of fun, but you're also building a shitty product that is like, you're going to be serving other people. And so there's something that's just deceptive from the very beginning about what you're doing. Yes. You might make a lot of money. You might have a lot of fun, but your product is not something that lasts, you know? Right. Um, but then again, if you're into something, again, there's so many scenarios here. It's like, Hey, here's a great product. It's going to be super valuable and I'm going to sell it in five years because that's how valuable it is. It's like you would get behind something like that because there's something in that product that has longevity that other people want. Not only do people want to buy the product itself, but other people see the value of that, of that business and say, Hey, I will give you more money for that than what you put into it. So, so let's, let's follow that, that analogy for a little bit. Okay. That's interesting. So you could say, um, you know, if you invest money, it's self-evident that you want to invest money into something that's going to last mm-hmm. because, well, if it doesn't last, your, your <laughs> risk of losing that money is very high. Mm-hmm. So you want to invest in companies, you know, if anybody who, who's getting into the stock market, it's like, what are you going to invest in? Was well, probably like Apple, Google, you know, maybe Twitter and Facebook at this point. Yeah. Um, cause you know, they're going to be around tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I go to you and I say, Hey Michael, it's probably not realistic for investments to last. Mm-hmm. Well, that changes your time horizon. So now what do you do? Well, if you can't expect the company you're investing in to last, well, mm-hmm. 
it changes the way that you invest. Yeah. You're not going to invest a great deal of money. You're going to invest a little bit of money in a lot of different places mm-hmm. because you know, a lot of them are going to fail and hopefully you're going to come out with some return that's greater than, uh, you know, greater than one essentially. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that puts you in a very short term mindset and it changes your relationship to risk. Whereas if I say, you should hope to invest in something that's going to last and pay dividends for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it might be a long shot, but it's worth it if you do it right. Mm-hmm. Because the reward is greater. And it won't just serve you for today. It'll serve you into your, in, into your old age and then might even serve your children. Well, it's like even with those types of companies that you're talking about is like, you know, right now we're possibly heading into recession, you know, everything is going to be hurt right now. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in relationship is like, whenever you have your downtimes, it's like, it's like <laughs> your, your stock or your, your Bitcoin price goes down. Right. But like what has the longer ter- uh, time horizon, you know, it's like where you could say like, yes, this is down right now, but I know that 10 years from now, if I stay with this, I will, I will, I will gain something that mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have right now, even though maybe, maybe the stock price is down or something like that. <clears throat> but I think there's also <clears throat> the whole thing of, you know, a lot of times when you're young, it's like you tend to be a little bit more risky and, you know, you play around with things and you kind of like kind of learn from making mistakes um, so I think that's when we do look to history and culture and a lot of these sort of institutions that are trying to like kind of map out what's the best long-term time horizon. What does that look, what's, what was, what's great, good for your future? You know, it's like, you know, we do that for our kids, you know, it's like, Hey, finish school. Well, I don't like school. What do I need school for? It's like, there's this whole like mentality that it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, this is dumb. What do I need to know algebra for? It's like, it's really not about algebra. It's about the, the skills and the ability to write and to read and to like mm-hmm. concentrate and to see learn patterns skills. that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Exactly. But yeah. you could, it, it's just so easy to say like, that's pointless and useless, you know? Um, but there's a, the institution is there for a reason because, you know, at that age, you can't see that longer time horizon. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the part that, cause it's easy. Cause I mean, we do have those exceptions where like people drop out of college and they become multi-billionaires, millionaires or whatever, you know, it's like yeah. it, but at the same time, it's like there needs to be some sort of structure that shows us what is sort of like the best. Well, so an interesting question emerges, is it better to have a long time horizon than it is to have a short time horizon? Hmm. Is it better? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I would say long, you know, it's like, you know, when you start thinking in decades rather than months, yeah, it's like you approach your decision-making so much differently or even like, you know, my money is going to be worthless. You know, my $5 is going to be worth $2 in 10 years. Well, it's better for me to spend that money than to save that $5 and then 10 years it's worth $2. Or if I take that $5 and I invest it in something, then it's worth $30 in 10 years, you know, than the $2 it would have been, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, cause your time horizon's longer. So you're able to say, okay, Hey, I'm going to be around in 10 years. What's, 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 what's best. And I would rather have $30 than $2 in 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and rather than having no money at all too, <laughs> right? you know? well maybe this goes back to what you were saying toward the beginning and in that it's better to have a a long time horizon so long as you are safe to operate in a long time horizon Hmm. you know if you are living in an incredibly harsh environment Mm -hmm. so you know rewind 
humanity, let's say 250 years. Mm-hmm. Even further than that, let's, let's go back to native Americans. Mm-hmm. They're, um, hunter gatherers, they're nomads. They're moving around a lot. Um, you can't really afford to have a very long time horizon mm. because the needs of today trump the needs of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The needs of today are urgent enough that they have to take priority. And as well, I might stop you here because okay. you did have you did have like the they there was such a veneration veneration for their elders. Yeah, because they had that longer time horizon. Because it is like you know your immediate needs are so much more um, apparent. Maybe that you need those. You need your elders to kind of guide you into thinking beyond just today or tomorrow. Of like, yes, our camp has been raided and pillaged multiple times, but here's what I've seen over those five decades of that happening and where we need to go from here, you know? Well, that's maybe interesting. I mean, Mm -hmm. in that the more secure your survival becomes, the more secure your society becomes, Hmm. the less you need those elders. Interesting. Yeah. Because, well, the short term is taken for granted. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really going to affect us. Totally. But that also opens you up to be able to think about longer time horizons, longer time horizons like, you know, into the next lifetimes. Hmm. And it's not necessarily just wisdom, but also accumulated wealth mm-hmm. that you can pass down through generations, hopefully. I mean, we, we at least hope for that. That's some sort of ideal. Yeah. And so perhaps the more safety and structure you have, the longer your time horizon gets to be in in one sense or should be but it's almost a luxury yeah it's like whenever whenever we're not faced with necessity we tend to sort of dissipate you know as far as like you know when it becomes more of a choice than it does a necessity and i think that well shit i'm going two different directions here because like i think there's this there's this idea of like you know, it's something we talked about multiple times. It's like hard times make hard men, you know, soft times make soft men and hard times, whatever. I forgot the things. <laughs> Do you remember what it is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like butchering it. <clears throat> hard times make strong men. Strong mm-hmm. men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Yeah. So I think that's part of it is, is like when we're living off of a structure that might be sort of the good times that are coming from that sort of like, um, uh, sort of those who came before us that form these structures. It's like we take for granted those structures. Yeah. And therefore we, we don't understand what we're actually tearing down. Right. And we suffer from that. For some reason I'm thinking about, um, Well, just like muscle training, uh-huh. you know, think about the movie Avatar mm-hmm. and all of the, what were they called? Do you remember the, the blue, <laughs> blue people? Natavi or something? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're all like totally ripped mm-hmm. and it kind of makes sense. You know, it's not because they're lifting weights and working out all the time. It's yeah. because their life requires them to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're constantly running, hunting, jumping, using their bodies. Yeah. So they're, they're encountering their adversity. Mm-hmm. Their muscles are encountering adversity and thus being developed, mm-hmm. you know, and now in order to get ourselves in shape, we, well, we have to invent adversity, <laughs> you know? And, and it was like, what is a gym? Yeah. A gym is just a house of adversity that you pay to go to <laughs> oh, and, so and you have to pay to go to it because your life in- includes none of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't need to exert yourself at all ever. Yeah. You, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, you, you don't even have to walk anywhere. Mm-hmm. You get into your car that's parked five feet from your door, drive to where you want to go. Um, so 
if you would like your muscles to be developed, you have to invent that. Mm-hmm. So, and if you don't go to the gym, you get weak and mm-hmm. you get soft, you know, and unhealthy. And, yeah. and then you turn 38, 39 years old and you turn to look at something to your left and you just like <laughs> the whole system collapses. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, your neck isn't functional for four days. It's because you're soft. Yeah. Because you live in incredibly good times. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Cause like the way you were saying that too, it's like you have you in this instance, you have to choose adversity. I have to go to a gym and pay for adversity to keep my body in a way that's toned and good, uh, which is a long-term relationship because at mm-hmm. any point that you stop that, you, you tend to deteriorate. You another, know? another situation in which it would be absurd if you're like, I'm going to go to the gym. It's not going to last, but that's not realistic. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. Cause I mean like that's, that's the whole point in going to the gym or having yeah. exercise or keeping being in shape. It's like, yeah. Cause you want to be in shape because you live for a lifetime, mm-hmm. whatever that length is. And, yeah. you, and you want to live for as long as you can and to be mm-hmm. healthy and functional for as long as you can, Yeah, you know, and you fail at that, mm-hmm. you know, we all fall off any number of bandwagons all of the time, whether totally. it's going to the gym or eating right or drinking or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We all have our vices. We all have our struggles. Yeah. None of us, except for like, you know, Cameron Haynes and David Goggins are exempt from that. Maybe Jocko Willink. <laughs> Jocko. Yeah. Totally. Um, you know, and we look up to them. Mm-hmm. They're motivating. They're, they are. they're motivating. <laughs> right. Uh, because we want to be the best we can be because we want our lifetime to be as full of a lifetime as it can be. And, you know, I just imagine, you know, if I think about these things, and I think if, you know, I guess I already posed it this way, but if I were to go to a woman and say, and if I go to one woman and say, you know, um, Hey, I'd like to have some fun with you. Do you want to have some fun? It's probably not going to last, you know, certain number of people would be like, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I go to another woman and I say, I'd like to build a life with you. Mm-hmm. A life that's so good that you become who you want to be mm-hmm. the best version of yourself. And here's what I see in you. And here's what I see in me. And here's why I think us spending time together is going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. And we're going to build a relationship that's going to be full of a beautiful home and children and prosperity and travel and um, a legacy uh, the legacy of our name, the legacy of our relationship is going to be written about in books mm-hmm. and poems and songs. <laughs> wow. This is romantic. You know, well, <laughs> what's that woman's reaction going to be? Yeah. So in a way, it almost seems self-evident that a relationship that lasts a, life, a lifetime is better. Mm-hmm. Or at least it's self-evident that we all behave as if that's better. Yeah. Or at least it's a worthy goal to Mm -hmm. try to attain to. Yeah. So if we say, well, that's not a realistic goal anymore. Well, then what's the goal? Mm -hmm. The goal's short-term. The goal's short-sighted. And, well, that sets you up for... Well, let's let's play it out a little bit. I mean, it's like, you know... A, a lot of discussions I've had with people around polyamory and, and, and sort of this way of thinking is sort of, Hey, yeah, I'm going to have fun for a little time. And if it doesn't work out, then we move on and, you mm-hmm. know, but it almost always happens that one or the other person wants more. It's very rare that there's a mutuality in that relationship of polyamory or, um, or like, hey, let's let's try this out for a little while because if you do this so many times, you start to see like I just invested like three or four years of my life or months into you. Then it's like, then there's like three to six months of breakup, mm-hmm. and then you have another person, and then you have another person. And it's just sort of like it's sort of like an endless cycle of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're not really growing as a person 
even though you might have learned a few things, but there's something that is, it's a cycle that. Yeah. But you made the point earlier that ending a relationship is a growth experience. Mm-hmm, you exactly. do grow through that. Mm-hmm. So why not repeat that as many times as possible so that you can grow? I think there's something there's, there's, there's an interesting thing I think happens in this or is you kind of get stuck somewhere because there's a reason why that your relationships, if it's repeating over and over again, there's usually a repeating pattern. That's a deficiency in yourself. If they continue to, they, they continue to not be successful. It could be that you like a certain man or a certain woman that is a certain way, you know, that actually is not healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know what, one, you know, I've heard this many times. It's like, one thing is, it's like, stop choosing people that are like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, you're just, it's, so you're actually falling into a pattern that you're not learning from and you're just repeating the same thing over and over again. I think that's, I think that's one thing I see with people that have multiple partners for longer periods of time. It's like, well, choose somebody different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, obviously something's not working out with that, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, while it's true that at the end of a relationship is a growth, ex- can be a growth experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you can ever, I don't think that you can ever grow through that experience, no matter how many times it's repeated as much as you can grow through a sustained relationship mm-hmm. because, and, and I'm, I'm trying to approach this by approaching the principles. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that the principle of a relationship, which sustains has to have an ideal that's high enough, almost outside of your reach mm-hmm. outside of your expectation for growth. Mm-hmm in order for the relationship to sustain. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a mission statement that you set for your company. Hmm. You know, if your mission state from, if your mission statement for your coffee shop is we always serve coffee, we we strive to serve coffee. That's 165 degrees. Hmm. It's like day one, we did it. Okay. What now? (laughs) You know, what's animating us? What's motivating us here? Yeah. You know, well, coffee shop shuts down growth experience. (laughs) We need a new mission, Uh you know? Okay. (laughs) We're going to serve coffee. That's 165 degrees and Brown, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's like, why does this keep failing? Mm -hmm. You know, but if you set a mission statement, that's sufficiently outside of your ability to, to meet it, well, that sustains you because it's something that you work toward Mm. that you don't, you don't meet it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so there's more potential for growth. So I think it's like that with, with a relationship. If I say to, you know, to, to someone, we're going to get dressed up and have a really nice dinner. It's like, awesome. That's a great, I'd love that. It's very romantic. And then we do that. It's like, okay, what do you have in mind? What's next? Oh, that, that was it. Mm-hmm. That was, a, we're, we're having a good relationship now. It's like, wait, no, you know, we need something else to grow into. And that's more like an ideal. Mm-hmm. And that's more like, um, well, it's more like a hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, on the one side I get it, it's sort of like, there's something a lot easier about like, whenever you get, get into a relationship and you know, it's, it's not working out well. And so it's like, okay, let's just end this, you know, and let's, I'm going to go find another one with somebody else. And it's like, it's, there's a certain sort of like maybe happiness that comes with the idea of that at any point that I can kind of pull out and not pursue this anymore. Hmm. And I'm not truly committed because it's like, but you have some sort of ideal that you're holding on to. And, and I think it's, that's the thing is you have to identify. And then that's the part that you have to be honest about is like whenever something, some ideal that I have is not being met, then I'm out of here. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very self-centered 
ideal or, or well, but even to make that statement, you have to have an ideal that's low enough totally. that you could say mm-hmm. you could meet it, but you're not. Mm-hmm. So it's not a very good ideal. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, you know, it's like someone saying like, I just don't feel valued in this relationship. Now there's a, there's a valid space that you can say that and it might be healthy to end the relationship, you know, but at the same time, that's also kind of a part of a relationship is sometimes you don't feel valid right. <laughs> or validated, you right. know, and, and that's something that you work through and that's sometimes arguing or frustration. So, you know, I think, I mean, I fundamentally is like, I don't feel like anybody will actually meet your needs. You know, that's something that is, almost impossible like the whole you complete me and you know it's like you complete well, me at it, this moment it's even <laughs> such a funny thing to say is like meet my needs as if you know what your needs are uh-huh. you know because yeah. if you did and you laid them all out well then they would be meetable mm-hmm. but you know that wouldn't make you happy yeah because you can't articulate all of your needs or even mm-hmm. what is an, you can't even parse the difference between a need and a want yeah you can't even figure out where your needs have become pathological mm. So somebody to meet your needs, it's like, it's valid to an extent. Like, <laughs> like, is that even worth worthy saying? Like, I'm, I'm going to be with you until you stop meeting my needs. It's like, wait a minute. It's all about you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's also kind of weird too. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I think that's when you have this sort of marriage contract was like, you know, to death do you part and health and sickness. It's like, right. it's also about the other person and meeting their needs and walking with them. So it's like, this is, so I think that's something to maybe, uh, to, to approach. I would say in the modern era, I hear a lot more of like my needs, mm-hmm. my healthiness, they're not meeting my needs. Yeah. Which, well, were you meeting their needs? Right. Oh, wait. You don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you don't really hear people say, well, I'm, I'm going to break up with her because I'm not meeting her needs. And I feel really bad about that. Mm-hmm. You know, because the person you're talking to could just be like, or you could just start meeting their needs. <laughs> you know, you don't have to in the relationship. Uh, or even meeting the other person's needs. Is that even, even the thing too? You know, it's like, it's a, it's a box to check off, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you need your coffee in the morning. got that, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> two nice things. And, then, I you, said to and you. then you wake up two weeks later and they're not happy. And it's like, why aren't you happy? I met all your needs. You should be happy. Now you're sinning against me by not being happy because your needs have been met, you know? Well, I think that's one, one thing that's really interesting to me about the institution of marriage. Like if you go to a wedding I think it's really interesting the way we do weddings. Hmm. You know, first of all, we all get dressed up. And nowadays you might say, well, it's for the pictures or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, we've been doing this for a long time. It's like you're behaving as if there's something serious going on. Yeah. Same way that you get dressed up for a funeral. It's like, why would you get dressed up? Well, <laughs> you need to, you're honoring something here. Mm-hmm. So don't show up looking scraggly Hmm. like you're acting it out present to the world that you're taking it seriously Mm -hmm. and so we show up we take it seriously and then what do we do you have a pastor or an ordained person say to each of the people repeat after me i take this man it's Mm -hmm. like i wait it's like we're adults here presumably they could have just memorized what you wanted them to say. Hmm. You know, why, why do we do this? Why do we put it into little bits and say, repeat after me? We behave as if the people who are getting married have no idea what they're doing. Hmm. Let me feed you the lines. That's how blind and foolish you are Hmm. because you are. You don't know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Like by definition, you are linking yourself to this other person 
for an unknown future, like an unknown shared future, but also an unknown future for yourself and for that other person. You have no idea what you're getting into. Hmm. And so, but it's important enough that we're going, that we're all going to gather around you, get dressed up, spoon feed you the words and support you. It's, that's how worth doing it is. <laughs> so ridiculous though. You know, mm. I mean, seriously, like, you, <clears throat> so I, so I, I kind of get where people come out in this area. It's like, it's like this sort of charade, this sort of, you're acting this out. But I think that's the part we miss is like, there's something truly primal about this, about the acting out the ritual that just because we're in the modern age of 50 years or a hundred years, if you want to go that far, it's like, there's something ingrained in us that we need ritual and to act things out. Right. But it is, but it is comical or even ridiculous in a sense, you know? Well, who was it that said, uh, something like we're all actors in our own play or mm -hmm. something like that. And, so you should know what your part is and whether or not you're living a comedy or a tragedy. Mm. Like it would behoove you to know the story that you're acting out because mm. you're all acting out a story. That's interesting. Sounds like Shakespeare. <laughs> I think it might've been Carl Jung actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There just is something, I think you, what did you use the word primal about mm -hmm. it? But it's like, it just seems fundamental that well it's like why do you say um why do people say well fake it till you make it because mm. that's what we're all doing all of the time but in, in, in that instance it's like again that's why we need our elders too because they have experiences over time you know you know that idea of fake it till you make it it's like well over time you're, when you head towards an ideal, it is better for you. It can seem ridiculous where you are right now, but if you don't head towards an ideal, you're just going to dissipate your life. Like you will have nothing. Yeah, right. It's like, if you make no investments and no investments into the future, when you get to the future, you will have nothing. You'll be done because you did not invest into the future. Right. And that's just, you know, that's just, that's a whole, again, ant and grasshopper kind of thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, you just play, 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 play. And then when the hard times come, you're like, Oh my gosh, why? It's like, and the ant's like, well, <laughs> cause you played, cause you played. <laughs> yeah. You had a great time mm -hmm. and we were working. Mm -hmm. And so now we're okay. And you're not. Mm -hmm. And you know, <laughs> Kevin Spacey and his like, evil grasshopper friends have to come and steal from you. And, and <laughs> I don't think I've seen this. You haven't seen that Pixar movie uh -oh. ants. Oh yeah. 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 Uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah. Totally. Totally. Hmm. But I, I, I find that I find that we're having a, a hard time in a sense. Like, but there, I think that's the, I think that's the crux of it is that I'm kind of sympathetic in a sense of like, you know, you know, relationships, most, like most relationships will end, you know, it's like, but I think that's also a, a product of our modern times that we don't have that hope or the attention to something lasting. So we don't invest into the future like we would have, you know, decades or, mm -hmm. you know, centuries ago. Mm -hmm. Like we just don't, we don't have that same time horizon. So I almost find that statement in that post a little bit ignorant and hmm. that you don't know what it means to invest in your future hmm. because there's going to some, at some point and because you don't know what it means. Maybe you just shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Or and may maybe that's the lack of the elders, mm -hmm. the lack of the, of the pastor or the ordained person to come and spoon feed you the spoon feed you the words. Cause you don't know the future that's worth investing in. Mm -hmm. And, society is telling you, well, if you don't know the future worth investing in and there's uncertainty, well then maybe might as well live for the present. Mm -hmm. Cause at least you know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to tonight and go to that party and have a fun time mm -hmm. and the next night and the next night. 
Until what? Yeah. Until there's no party or you're not invited or right. you can't walk or, or your body breaks down. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who do you have around you? Like, what yeah. are you investing in as a community? You know, it's like, you yeah. can't have friends, you know, that are, that you don't invest in, you know, that you don't spend time with. Mm-hmm. It's like, again, you know, you know, those people who are just like in for the good time and like, you know, they're always flitter, flittering about. And it's like, at some point they just crash and they need somebody and they always come back to the dependable people. Yeah. Like who's the dependable person in your life? That's who you come back to, you know, in all those, in all those instances, you know? Um, well, that's what makes them dependable is mm-hmm. the fact that you can come back to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I feel like there's, you know, we've been focusing a bit on relationships in marriage in this discussion, but there's, there's, there's a trade-off between short-term and long-term time horizons, mm-hmm. you know, and if your time horizon is too long, there's also problems with that. Mm. And <clears throat> the same thing is going on constantly. You're, you're having to balance short and long-term concerns constantly in all kinds of ways. Mm. You know, con- it's like simultaneously, in a relationship with a romantic partner, but also with your friends and your children and also your job and Mm -hmm. your material belongings and your home and your car. Um, you know, even your attention, you know, is it this social network or that, or is it a book or is it music or is it, you know, what is it? Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the, the thing that I'm trying to pull all of out, pull out of all of that is that, It's like you want to behave as if you are a person who has that in an optimal balance. And you don't know how to do that. But you can be conscious of wanting that. What would be the negative aspects of having a long, <clears throat> having a long time horizon? Um, well... I mean, what comes to mind is not taking profit now. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So if, when you're investing, if your time horizon is too long, then you essentially lock up your energy, your capital, your value. Well, such that why does it matter that you have it? Yeah. Like if you're not using it for yourself or your children or your community or whatever, it's like, what does it matter? Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't want to go too far down this road, but I think that's why people tend to get angry at rich people Hmm. because they imagine that Elon Musk has $250 billion in a bank account. Yeah. You know, and that's not true, but the reason, I think the reason that you might imagine that and that that might be upsetting is that, well, money should, money is energy. Money is value and value should be, is it, you know, value isn't valuable unless it's being, shared, mm-hmm. transacted, exchanged. Yeah. Um, you know, what does it matter if there's $14 trillion worth of gold on a comet f- five light years away? It's like, well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can't access it. So if you have a long enough time horizon that, you know, the money that you accumulate matters to no one, well, that's a problem. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's a certain amount of like, I mean, again, giving your rich, rich person analogy, it's like there, that money is, is working, you know, right now it's working for that 250 billion. Most of that is working and it's working in a company that's providing Mm -hmm. jobs and, uh, some sort of product for people to enjoy. So it's not like that money is just sitting in his bank account, you know? Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's fascinating. But at some point, like, you know, I think that's the interesting thing with, you do need to, at times, you know, take profit and to spend and to, you know, n- you know, I, I think of like, 
a lot of parents who have invested in their kids into their future. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe it had been better if they had taken some of that and spent time with them in the, in the present mm-hmm. and that how valuable that would have been. And that maybe there would right. been a better, a better, uh, that investment actually would have been better if they would have taken sort of profit in that and spent mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. here and now. So I, I guess that does make sense. I was kind of curious, like, well, I, th- I just think that having a long time horizon is good. It's yeah. like, it's like, no, it's like sometimes you need to, you know, take Sometimes stock. you need to live for today. Well, mm-hmm. it's like sometimes you need to celebrate, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, uh, it's the, it's kind of the prodigal son story. Mm-hmm. The son comes home, the son screwed himself and you, mm-hmm. and, you know, you being the father and what does the father do? Slaughter is the best lamb and -hmm. celebrates it's like we're living for today yeah forget about tomorrow and you need to do that Mm. otherwise well you're not really valuing the things that you have yeah and maybe back to the money thing it's like you value them by well by using them Mm -hmm. you know something yeah Yeah, I could go, I, I could go down that road for a while. Yeah, but I think we've made the point. I think so. We'll probably should wrap it up. I, okay, I agree. Yeah, I don't know what to like leave. Cause like I, I, it's like in a certain respect, I kind of again come back to that. I kind of, I understand like why there's sort of this disheartening aspect of relationship and long termness. Mm-hmm. And I also see that kind of associated with the breakdown of family and we're kind of focused on more temporary things, uh, the moment or right. a time frame that we really don't, we don't really don't look to the future with hope. And so I definitely see a kind of a breakdown there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's leave it there. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for coming out to the shores and Matt loves you. <laughs> Are you ready to love them? <laughs> I loved them at the beginning. You were going to love them at the end. No, it was vice versa. Oh, it was the vice versa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well now I love you and, and I don't know about Matt where he's at. I still love you too. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys. <laughs> Bye. Ciao.